it's us. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the most favorite, the most liked, the most exciting sports podcast to listen to. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Donald and Donald Podcast. Double D Barbershop Sports, baby. We're coming at you straight off script, people. Giving you a brand new, fresh look at the things you think you already know about that's happening in the sports world today. Let's go ahead and pull up a chair and chop it up. Oh my goodness, we have another excellent show lined up for you. Listen to this right here. C.J. Stroud and the Texans burnt the Browns. As of right now, the Chiefs are still in charge. The Bills bounced the Steelers. And we have green and yellow to discuss. <laughs> yeah, we're going to chop it up on how they got there and what to expect in the divisional round in the NFL. D, my man. What's going on? Man, what more can we say about my man C.J. Stroud? First of all, he stood tall in the pocket and got things done when it was a must-win game against them Colts. Won that 23-19 just to get in the playoffs. Then my man turned right back around, and then the Texans beat the Browns 45-14. Man, hey, talk to me. Hey, uh, it ain't really too much to say no more. At this point, he's proven he belongs. He's proven it's not, uh, he's not a, you know, it's not a trick. It's not a facade. This is really who he is, and he has this team ready to compete. They look like a and you know how I talked about the Browns defense that first game. I still do have a lot of respect for him and just the fact that he went out there and carved them up the way he did shows where he's and they not a, it's not a full team. It's not a full roster and they're still making the plays doing the things necessary to put themselves in position to win games. Absolutely. Man, when I was taking and I was looking at this game, first of all, what uh, the Houston Texans did uh, to the Browns, you would thought the Browns may have done to the Houston Texans. Well, what am I talking about? Man, hey, listen, talk to me about their Houston Texans defense, man. They shut the Browns out the second half, didn't score nada. Yeah, they, they, they played a big part of it, too. Just And like I said, Joe Flacco was, was in a position to where he just had to take care of the ball and put them in positions to win. He did. He wasn't able to do that, turning over the ball twice. And I want to say they both went for pick sixes or something like that. It's, it, it wasn't ideal for them, and the defense didn't come to play. Right, right. Now, when you think about Singletary, he running some very meaningful yards for the Texans, which is good because that loosens up the long ball, right? All right, and then the other thing about it, you know we have to talk about it. It looked like that C.J. Stroud, Nico Collins connection looks almost unstoppable, man. Yeah, no. Man, look at this. Six receptions, 96 yards in a touch. He, Hey, listen, he finds him. C.J. Stroud, three touchdowns, 274. But, yeah, that's just – I think he has that connection with everybody in that locker room because mm-hmm. he, he did it with Tank Dale early on in the season. Tank Dale went down. Now he's doing it with Nico Collins. We've seen him have a big play with Brevin Jordan uh, in that game. It's just I think he has a great connect. I think this team has a great connection overall, and it's from head coaching down. Right, right. Okay, listen, we can't leave out the Browns now. We do know that Joe Flacco, he had, a, a, you know, it wasn't a real good showing. You know, you had back-to-back picks and everything. Probably put the nail in that one. Uh, but what do you see now? What's next for Joe Flacco? Uh, Somebody, if he wants to, there's a, probably a backup job for him in the league somewhere. Um, It just depends on how he feels coming off, coming off of this 
a playoff loss and how his body is going to feel during the offseason. But I think there's a backup job for him. Uh, if I was the Browns, I'd bring him back anyway. Right, right. Just he because, was getting used to that offense. Just because what he was able to do mm-hmm. in short-term notice, he came around and kept us in contention for the playoffs. One that, no, uh, you know, was close fifth seed that got us there. He just couldn't finish the job. Right, right. Now, we already know um, how good the Browns' defense is and everything, uh, but here's the question that I have for you. What do what can we expect? Or what would you expect to happen uh, next year with the Browns with uh, hopefully a healthy Deshaun Watts? Um, I think they're being pretty much the same situation. Uh, just be able to put up a little more points offensively, Deshaun. It, and it depends on how Deshaun is coming back from this injury. Uh, but they got to bolster up this offense a little bit more, get him some more weapons, uh, especially at wide receiver. Um, I still do like Kareem Hunt. He just didn't have a good game. Uh, they That's all that bolster up this offense a little bit more, try to um, fill out that defense in the spots that you can improve it. But y'all are in a good spot. Like yeah. you said, you did this with a guy who was – out of a, you know he wasn't playing football right exactly. before these last four or five weeks of the season. So you got to be proud of what you guys were able to accomplish with the situation you was given. They got a whole lot to build on, no doubt. Well, check this out: the, the Chiefs they won the game that they were supposed to win and everything. The Chiefs beat Miami twenty six to seven. But you, uh, this is what I, I'm looking at. You, you know, the last couple of weeks, let's just call it what it is. Uh, the Miami Dolphins been looking like a fish out of water. All right. Now, before this one, they was only able to put up 14 points. And then this game, they was only able to put up seven, you know, getting shut down in the second half. Now, what in the world happened to that high-powered offense, baby? I couldn't tell you. I I honestly couldn't tell you. Uh, The schemes got, you know, the schemes got figured out or something. I don't know because the – just the difference from how they looked earlier in the season to these last three weeks is completely – you just went – even the four weeks, they only put up 22 against the Cowboys. It, it just doesn't look like the same power, firepower that they had early on, but they have the same exact players. That's my thing, and that's what I got. That's why I'm scratching my head, man. You know, it's like – Somebody figured something out, and they wasn't able to make the proper adjustments in order to take and get back to, I guess, who they was or what they was able to accomplish. Told you about that 70, didn't I? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, when you look at that and think about it, what kind of adjustments should we expect uh, from the Miami camp in the offseason concerning Tua, Tyreek Hill, and my man Mike Daniels? Um, I think they're in a good position. Uh, It's just... They got to stop depending so much on the big plays and find the ways, long ball and find ways to chip away at defenses when the games are you know not going your way. The short ball, it's the, the intermediate <laughs> things, it's, things like that. You guys have the players to get them out in space and get them the ball and let them do what they do. It's not always got to be let's throw the ball sixty yards in the air. Mm-hmm. It, you know, um, Devin A. Chain had a great start of the season. Uh, he only got he got six carries for nine yards. So there's a lot of things that you got to figure out. Try to figure out how to get your run game more consistent. Because uh, it looks like either they break a big run or they don't do anything at all. Right, so right. So you got to figure that out. Um, and then just figure out if two is the guy you want to go forward with. Yeah, I, I, that's what I was wondering. Is he the QB1, man, next season? Is he the QB1? I don't, eh. It's tough because there's some names out there. There's some people who's looking for new homes. Um, Russell Wilson will look great in that offense. Uh, so it's things like that that they got to talk about. And I want to think, I want to say 
Tua is up for a contract extension this offseason. So that's just something that you got to look at. It'll be interesting going forward. Yeah, you're right about that, man. Now, let's not forget about the Chiefs, okay? And now when you look at it, you know, they was able to um, – Kind of get that offense figured out a little bit. Uh, it, it looked like they pieced this game together, though. You know, it, it, it wasn't real, I guess, as fluid as probably what you would think a Chiefs offense should be. But it looked to me like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, not a bad game. 262, four touch. Don't look like he turned it over. Pacheco, 24 for 89 yards in, in a touch. And it looked like Rice cocked the ball very proficiently with 130 yards, eight receptions, and a touch as well. So you, you kind of tell me how you feel about this, these Chiefs. They, they're a little bit more accustomed to doing it in cold weather. We understand that and everything from where they're from and their location. But how you feel about the performance on the field? That's there that Patrick Mahomes is going to put you in a position to win the game. Uh, y'all just got to help him out a, a tad. Just, just, a, just a snit, just a little smidget of some help. That's, a, you know, sprinkle your little two cents in there, because he's gonna bring the rest. You know, he's gonna bring the rest to the table. You just gotta help him out, and that's what happened this game. Pacheco was amazing on the run. They gave, I want to say he carried the ball twenty something, like twenty four carries for eighty nine yards. Workhorse, and a touchdown. workhorse yeah. type of game from him. And Rashi, Rashi Rice was. He, I, I've been waiting on this type of game from him because I think he is there answer at that wide receiver position. I think he's going to be the guy for them going forward. And Travis Kelsey did seven catches for 71. So it was that it looked more of their type of offense. Um, going into the next game, it's going to be interesting to see what they can do against this Bills. Because um, they they're, they look like they're putting it together at the right time as well. And they've been putting up points. Josh Allen is playing great. He's not losing the game for this team, which is I talked about is a big thing. So it'll be interesting if they can keep that type of offense, get that type of production from the supporting cast next week. Right, absolutely. <laughs> okay, here we go. Me and Mrs. Jones. Yeah, that green and yellow, baby. I have to talk about them Green Bay Packers. What did they do? They took care of them Dallas Cowboys, baby. 48 to 32, baby. It's a Love Jones going on in Green Bay. Let me start right here. You know I got to talk about it. Here we go. First of all, I want to say Jordan Love look great. <laughs> Let's just call it exactly what it is. He was able to move around in that pocket, do the things that he needed to do. When he was under pressure, he did not panic. He was dropping dimes. He was throwing it through windows. You know what I mean? He was laying it softly. He did whatever he needed to do to get that ball to the receiver, and they was catching it. Now, the thing that I was most impressed about in this game is, man, it was about probably two, maybe three times. They got late hits on him. He didn't, listen, he didn't get upset. He didn't turn to the referee. He didn't show no emotion about that. He stood straight up, and he said, you hit me like that, let me go ahead and throw another touchdown. He had three touchdowns, 272 yards, 16 for 21. No turnovers, baby. Okay? And then guess what? Aaron Jones, a beast. So he made that thing a little bit easier to throw the long ball because Aaron Jones, number 33, went for 118 yards, 21 carries, and three touches. Okay? Also, let's get back to Jordan Love for one second. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna let you talk. Oh no, you know how you feel. This all. You listen, listen. Check this out. 
seven different receivers, at least seven different receivers, is who Jordan loved through the ball to. Okay. Now, that's a well-ran offense, man, and Jordan Love right now is in full control of it. Talk to me. I just had to get that out. Yeah, uh, I think I called it. I called it. Um, gave gave you guys the recipe to beat this team. Uh, I think you guys listened. <laughs> they listen to the you podcast, know, baby. To, uh, I'm telling you. I'm All of them listening. Uh, somebody need to interview me for one of these offensive coordinators. <laughs> but, uh, nah, uh, I just did what y'all was supposed to do. Came out, established the run early. Um... It protected well, gave up no sacks this game. A uh, big thing. That's a big thing against this Cowboys team. Uh, and then just defensively, y'all made it hard for them. Like I said, they weren't going to be able to run the ball consistently. Y'all was going. Dak was going to have to make passes, and he early on he gave y'all guys the opportunity to jump out ahead with his turnovers. He went back to Dak. He went back to being Dak. Uh, so y'all guys just took advantage of every opportunity y'all was um, faced with. Then that's just enjoying like it's nothing else to say about Jordan Love. Packers have their guy um, going for it. Now it's just time to build the team up around him. And this the path to the Super Bowl is kind of looking great for you guys. Um, the two biggest threats, two of the three biggest threats in this division. I mean, in this conference, got eliminated. The Eagles is gone. Cowboys is gone. You got the 49ers and the Lions. You know, it, it, it's kind of looking like now it's it, it's a toss-up now, especially the way the two lesser teams, the two teams that everybody wanted had kind of pushed to the side, the Packers and Bucks. The way these two teams looked in the first, they looked like the best teams. We mm-hmm. didn't get to see the 49ers, but they looked like the best two teams on that NFC side of the playoffs. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, it, it was really a, a fun thing to watch, man. Uh, one thing that I do want to take and uh, did, did concern me because at one point in time, and this is actually what Jordan Love had to do, was play pretty much a perfect game. And he had it at one point in time, but I think it may have been messed up just a little bit because I don't know what had happened, uh, but for some reason at the very end of that game, he got put back in. That right there was very confusing to me, and anything could have went wrong in a situation like that. That was the... They started putting up points late, um, and that's the who do I trust to take care of the ball type thing. Not You know, it was more of they didn't want to turn the ball over or anything like that. So I think that's why he ended up back in the game. Um, why, okay, and I understand that, but why not tighten up on the defense, okay? Because the defense gave up 25 points in that second half, only gave up seven in the first half. Why not tighten on the defense? Because you, they did go back into a prevent. Yeah, that was, that's, that's all it was, uh, giving up everything underneath. Um, and we know that he took advantage of status, you know, pad them stats a little bit. But um, – I, that's a coaching question I don't understand either. Yeah, uh, I'm just glad that didn't nothing happen to Jordan Love in that instance, man. And uh, we was able to take him, you know. And that's the thing. I think it was more of they felt comfortable with it, too, because not giving up sacks the whole game. And I'm pretty sure they was going run heavy at the time. They just wanted that connection. You know, anything can happen. Um, um, you know, fumbling the snaps, things like that, fumbling the handoffs. So they wanted to go with their guy who's been running this thing all season to try to eliminate our – try to take those risks down as much as possible. Right. I got you. But I know for a fact in, in the next game that they play, and we'll talk about it, uh, they can't get, give up 25 points in the second half and expect to win that. But listen, uh, we're going to have to talk about uh, the Dallas Cowboys for a hot little minute and everything, okay? 
right now, it looks to me that this is Trey Lance's team. Okay. I'm, because the thing about it is when, when, when Dak was out there playing, he was doing whatever he could do and however he could do it. C.D. Lamb, he got his numbers and everything or whatever, but it, it, it didn't turn into a victory. And my thing about it is uh, how, is it, how do Dak Prescott continue to be the QB1? Okay, because when Jerry Jones picked up Trey Lance, I know he had a reason to do it. So you can't continue to do the same thing expecting a different result because you know what that equals, insanity. Yeah. So you're going to have to go a different way with this now. And that's just – but we've seen Jerry Jones come out and say Dak has what it takes to get us there. Okay, I, don't, I didn't see it. That's, he's the only one who's not seeing it. But that's his team at the end of the day. Um, I, Trey Lance was available. You bring him in, but you also paid that man Dak. So it's, it, that's the thing when you put yourself in these situations on guys who haven't accomplished anything. You give them this money, and now you, you kind of put yourself in the corner of, yeah, I got a young guy who's waiting on a chance, but I got this guy who for most of the season was playing at an MVP level. He just has never put it together in the playoff situation for us. Now you have a decision to make. Either way, it's going to be taking a risk. We don't know what Trey Lance is. We've never seen him. We've never got to see him play anything, even in San Francisco. So either way you go, you're taking a risk. Um, do you take the risk with the guy who's proven to play well in regular season and hope he figures it out in the playoffs? Or do you just take a risk on the guy and see if you can even get to the playoffs? I'm just wondering, how many strikes uh, do you get at the ball before you strike out? Okay, because... It was a lot of people, this kind of caught them by surprise, but pretty much if you look at it, that's been the M.O. That's been the way it has been for such a long time when it gets to Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys in the playoff. So why did it catch so many people by surprise when this is the way it's always been? Did they think something was going to happen different this time? Just the way they look through the most of the regular season, they look great. They it, look great. It's hard to think that you keep doing this year in and year out. This year, what, seven for that? It's hard to think that you look so good during the regular season every time, and this is the result. So maybe that is the – and I get it for fans and everything like that of the team. you got to have that this is the year type of mentality. Um, in the front office, though, you got to make a decision on do we blow this – because that's what you're doing right now. If you, if you go away from that, you're blowing this up. You're going to blow this thing up. You, you know, um, are, you, are you ready to do that? That's just – and when you play so good, for mo- you know what I'm – it's hard to make a big drastic change like that. Right. And I get it. Well, you know, and they played some of their uh, best football at home, which is what it was. You know, it, I just see in my mind Trey Lance is throwing the ball to CD Lamb right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? But in your head, it looks – you know – we don't know how it looks. That's the that's the biggest question, though, because we don't know what Trey Lance is as an NFL quarterback. You might put him in, and he's ten times worse than that. Where does that leave you? Now you got forty million dollars on the bench, and you got this young guy sitting here losing games. In and that's the thing: losing regular season games. What's the you know? It's just gonna be what they see in them, and right. I, and that's the thing: we don't know. Nobody can sit here and tell me they know what Trey Lance is gonna be. Yeah, I guess you know a lot of times when you think about these type of situations and everything, you look at potential. 
uh, potential of things being a whole lot better, the potential of things turning into greatness, the potential of this, that, and the other. We do know that Trey Lance, he was hurt for a while. We we got all of that. Apparently, he didn't fit the system in, in San Francisco. We get all of that, you know, but it's a new start and a new beginnings, and we will have to see. Uh, we're not taking anything from Dak Prescott and everything. He showed he had the numbers, and he he showed what he had when he had it. But at the end of the day, you, you want to win those playoff games because that's a brand-new season. And and it's been a while since they've been able to kind of to break out of that paper bag. But I think it's it's hard to point the finger at Dak. He didn't play the greatest game. That defense also did give up forty eight points, mm-hmm. twenty seven in the first half. It is hard. That's from three hits to the chin and taking and taking it early when we took yeah. a score in their house on the first so drive. Guys, okay, it, took that hard out. It's hard to point all the blame <laughs> at, at Dak when. That defense didn't show up either. Mm-hmm. That didn't help none. <laughs> exactly. But neither did that defense. And then you, in the thought of how much, you can't fall in love with the how much better could it be with mm-hmm. Trey Lance. How much better are you going to get than 11, 12, and 5? Right, right. How much better can you actually get? And it's hard to think this guy, Trey Lance, who hasn't played any lick of professional football, is going to come in and you convince me he's going to be better than what Dak is giving you right now. Yeah, I'm not necessarily saying that he's going to be better, okay? Not saying that. What I'm saying is, are you going to continue to do the same things the same way? That's all I'm saying. You know, you, Because at some point in time, something's going to have to change. Yeah, that's true. But I just don't think they got the... I don't think they have the the guy sitting there or or the thing. You know, I don't think the the solution is sitting in that locker room. Okay, all right. Where is it at then? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a coaching change to bring something out of that. Because I see what they tried to do with Mike McCarthy. They've seen the success he had with Aaron Rodgers and things. Dak is not an Aaron Rodgers type of guy. He can't go on the field and 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 make plays himself. You get what I'm? That's what. Cam Newton was alluding to when he called him a game manager. He can't go out there and and pull a rabbit out the hat as some of these quarterbacks. I know the Aaron Rodgers, the uh, the Drew Breeses, the Brett Favre, Cam Newton with his legs. Um, Patrick, he's not those type of guys when it comes to extending plays, throwing guys open, things like that. You got to find a guy who can put a system in place to limit those those risks factors which you that you have with that the inaccuracies the the bad decisions the things of that nature simplify it for him somebody who can put together a scheme that highlights what he's best at i don't know what Dak's best at because he ain't never showed me anything you know but it's the who you think as head coach can bring that out of him and everything because you're gonna apparently gonna have to have some type of quarterback whisperer okay because it's gonna have to be an offensive-minded guy that's gonna be able to scheme it up good and play to the to his strength it's a guy it's a guy uh it's a guy named bill mm-hmm. who's looking for a new home oh last name might be belichick yeah his last name might have something to do with that yeah okay All but right. it, i think his philosophy of how he approaches the game it's not the flashy highlight type of guy. I yeah, think. when I think about Bill Belichick, I think about defense first. And I think he in that the way Tom Brady and that offense was ran, it was I think they he can make this Cowboys thing work because it was never we need stars on our offense to make this thing run. Now, granted, he did have Tom Brady, but Tom Brady was also 
doing a lot of like throwing it to uh, Julian Edelman's and, and, and things like Rob Kronkowski's and just letting them do. He was just not turning over the ball. Tom Brady was the greatest game manager of all. If you look at it, he's the greatest game manager of all time. When you, once you look at it, and I think Bill knows how to put a, a system around a quarterback like that. I got you. So, do you think that Mike McCarthy is his seat is his seat warming up? Because we know that there's a lot of quarter, um, um, head coaching vacancies out there, but the, the, the Dallas didn't come up. Yeah, uh, I think it, it's going to be looked into. I just think the the way because Nick Sirianni's hot is hot mm-hmm. out there in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they've got to a Super Bowl in the past couple of years. Right, Mike, you ain't done nothing. Mm-hmm. You ain't done nothing. Not since he got to Dallas. Yeah, now, you, you know. Yeah, we, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, we, we talk about the Cowboys right now. They mm-hmm. don't care about the Packers, especially mm-hmm. after this weekend. <laughs> so and they might look into that. There ain't no way. I got you. Well, check this out. It was some more games played. We're going to have to talk about it. Listen, listen. The Lions <clears throat> are on a slipping slide, okay? I'm talking about the short one, not the big one. You know, not the tall slipping, the short one, okay? They got, they got, they won this game by the skin of their teeth, man. 24 to 23, a one-point game. A game they probably should have lost, but they was only capable of scoring three points in the second half. Okay, but the Rams was only able to put up six themselves. One point game, Lions. You got to talk to me about this, man, because I, I, the, the, the clock has got to be running out on this. Uh, running out of, as far as for who? The, the Lions. Lions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, tough game. To, this game was the toss up of the weekend for me. This was the one I uh, could see it going. The most likely I could see going either way. Um. We know the Rams are capable of putting up points. They weren't able to get to that 30 mark that, that we so highly – that I said they're able to put up on guys. Still great games from um, Matthew Stafford. Puka Nicole almost went for 200. Um, Karen Williams gave him 61. It was just them – when you need that extra play, they couldn't put it together. Mm. They couldn't find that little extra – to to you turn one of those threes into a touchdown, you, you win this game. Right. It's just they could never piece it together all the way. Um, Matthew Stafford got knocked unconscious at a point in this game and woke back up. And, and, and that's just the type of game that it seemed like. It was like they was always trying to shake something off. Like they was fighting. They was fighting back from from the time the game started. It seemed like after a couple hits, it was trying to. Oh, we got punched in the mouth. My legs a little wobbly. Right, but right. I, I ain't trying to go down all the way yet. We gonna push this the full twelve rounds. <laughs> it was I one of those you. things, and they just couldn't muster up the last little that last little effort that they needed to bring this game out. I got you. Now you know they picked up Carson Wentz and everything. Uh, tell me how you feel about that going forward and everything, because we we do know. Matthew Stafford is a, is a great quarterback, and he actually had a great game. 367 yards, two touches. Uh, 25 of 36. Great game. Not taking anything from him. But you do got Carson Wentz that they did pick up and everything. Do you feel he has, still has a future there somewhere on that roster, or it was just this season right here and we're not really sure? Um, Just depending on what – because I think they drafted a guy, Stetson Bennett, in the in the draft from Georgia. 
um, the two-time national champion that they had. I know he's dealing with some mental health things. That's why he hasn't been around on the team and stuff like that. Um, and just let's get this out of the way. Matthew, if Matthew Stafford is healthy, he's the guy going. Uh, no question about it. Okay. Especially what he was able to do this season. Nobody thought this Rams team early on. Nobody thought this Rams team was getting to the playoffs. Right. Especially dealing with the injuries they had, all that stuff that was going on. Great season for them. They found the dominant in the rough and pooking the cool. They got their guy Cooper uh, cut back later on in the season. Finally found him a legitimate running back in Kyron Wood. So they got things to be. Now you got to see if Aaron Donald, you know, he was dancing around retirement ever since y'all won that Super Bowl. Got to figure out what his plans is going forward. See how Matthew Stafford feels in this offseason because we know he's up there and he's on the back end of his career. Still playing great football, though, but we know how the body betrays you at some point. Um, and then just figure out how to build up that defense. I think the Rams are in a great position going forward as long as Matthew Stafford is still playing at this level. Right, yeah. And, um, you know, in that game, uh, Aaron Donald was getting – he was getting double teamed the whole entire game. And, and I don't know if he – there was it. He don't have a book in. I don't think he have anybody else that can that can actually apply the same type of pressure that he can. So it's all on them stopping him, and they pretty much you know kept that defense in check. And that's pretty much the thing that as I said, you got to figure out a way to bolster up this defense as something other than defensive tackle. It's hard to it's hard to have your fingerprint as much as as big as a fingerprint that Aaron Donald needs to have. It's hard for him to have that at defensive tackle. We understand that. We we know how it's easier to take a defensive tackle out of the game. I would do a send two linemen at him. That's it. Right. If you don't got anybody else that can make or take advantage of that double team, you give it up because it it's gonna leave somebody open. It's gonna something can happen. If y'all can't take advantage of that, it it, it shows lack of lack of depth on that team. Right. Well, I think that they have a lot to build on seeing that they did get into the playoffs and they was able to make a showing and was basically, you know, uh, one, let's say, two points away from uh, defeating the the, the uh, division leader for the NFC North. Okay? So, we'll keep an eye on that, uh, on that next go-around. Now, <clears throat> when you think about this next game and everything, the Bills took care of the Steelers uh, 31-17. Now, at, at, at some point in time, uh, you know, Mike Tomlin, you know, he felt what he had to do is what he did with Mason Rudolph. It was He caught lightning in the bottle for a couple of games. It seemed like it was his best option. Okay, came up short on this one though. All right, uh, the Bills they did uh, what they had to do, and the Bills are starting to make a pretty good showing now, man. Uh, when I was looking at this game and checking it out, the cannon is loose again. Now you know he's making those plays, running towards the sideline. He sees something in the middle of the field, and he thinks he can put it through that window. And nine times out of ten, he can. But Josh Allen is the ultimate piece of famine player. Either you get it all or you don't get nothing. You need to tell me how you feel about it, though, and what went down. Um, They're they're a scary team, the Bills are. They're a scary team because when they play like this, it's kind of what do you do? It it puts you in a position of what am I supposed to do? It reminds you of prime Cam Newton. Only the other thing is Josh Allen actually has people to throw the ball to. He actually has people who can make plays outside of himself. Mm-hmm. You can't, when it, as, when it came to Cam, we weren't really worried about 
Devin Funches. We weren't worried about Kelvin Benjamin. We weren't worried about Ted Ginn. Greg Olson, to an extent. We weren't worried about Jonathan Stewart. We was worried about Cam Newton. All eyes on Cam. Yeah, we got to cover these guys out here, but they're not going to do much even if they catch the ball. Cam can ruin your game plan. Josh Allen can do that as well, but you also got to worry about Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, Dalton Kincaid now. We've seen James Cook. He <laughs> has these games 16 for 79. You It's not a one-trick pony, this offense. They have guys everywhere who can make plays for them. Right, right. And I can understand that most completely. Now, let me ask you this. Now, the Bills released uh, Leonard Fournette too soon? Um... I don't think so. They still got Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, and they really haven't needed a second running back with James Cook and then Josh Allen doing what he does as far as running the ball. Um, and I haven't seen much of Leonard Fournette on the Bills. So maybe it was just a thing where they couldn't find a place for him in their offense. So And it hasn't hurt him. And like I said, he wasn't he wasn't doing much. Yeah. Uh, now, if it comes down to a point where they need a big – Short yardage run later exactly. on. That's what it I was kind of thinking. It might come down to bite them, but you do got a big boy quarterback. Uh, I don't know, man. They done took an eight, they done did some some fourth and ones and some fourth and shorts and everything. It ain't look good. Yeah, y'all got to figure out the tush push. Yeah, it ain't look good at all. Y'all okay, because I don't see how you don't pick them up with Josh Allen. Right. You got to figure out something because mm-hmm. they can do it in Philly with Jalen Hurts. I know you can do it with Josh Allen. <laughs> it's a technique to it though. But let's talk about these Steelers for one second. Great season, and my man Mike Tomlin and everything. You know, winning seasons back to back to back to back to back, uh, doing his thing. You know, and, and, and being very consistent, probably one of the most consistent uh, coaches in the NFL. That's why I was still saying, and I ain't changed coach of the year. But Mike Tomlin said that he wants to be, you know, the head coach next season. My question is, do you think he will be? Why wouldn't he be? Mm-hmm. Y'all got a coach who what he hasn't had a losing season since he got there. He's won your Super Bowl. Uh, he he's figured out y'all was in turmoil all season. Figured out a way to at least patch it up enough to get to the playoffs. I don't see why you and y'all don't y'all gotta understand the situation y'all was in. Y'all don't got a quarterback. (laughs) Y'all y'all y'all's running back one coming into the season. Najee Harris proved he's not a running back one. George Pickens he only plays good when he's upset. Uh, and y'all don't have a quarterback. How about we start there? And then in the playoffs, y'all best player wasn't available. Right. T.J. Watt was gone. Mm-hmm. What do y'all expect this man to do? He did the best anybody could be expected to do in the position that he was in. Right, right. Yeah, I have to agree with that, man, because I, I was just thinking about it and everything. Like I said, a great coach, and he did what he did with what he had, and it was a lot of players that was not 100% hurt or not playing at all. And with the quarterbacks that's coming out of this draft, being available in in the mix of, you know, the Russell Wilsons in the world. Jimmy G might have a spot. You, he need a home next year. Justin Fields. Desmond Ritter might need a job next year. And so we, give him another guy. Try it again. Right. Because it's not always about the player. Sometimes it is the system. Sometimes it is the system. Mm-hmm. Bring in Justin. Bring in any of these guys. Right. It wouldn't hurt you. No, nah, not at all, not at all. Because, listen, the only way they can go up in that quarterback, the only way they can go in that quarterback room is up, okay? Well, check this out. You, do you know what happened to the Eagles? 
Oh yeah, somebody clipped them rings. Molly Wap. <laughs> what? Listen, the Bucks beat the Eagles thirty-two to nine. Now, when you think about this, the Eagles they scored all of their points in the second quarter, and it was only nine of them. The rest of the game they got shut out. All right, and when I look at this thing, I don't think it was no fumbles lost on either side and no interceptions thrown. The Eagles simply got beat. Talk to me. Yeah, um, Jalen Hurts is not who y'all thought he was. Mm. It's that simple. He needs the most talented roster around him. And you take one thing out of that, and this is what you get. This is the mess that you're left with. Um, you, that offensive line struggles a little bit. This is the mess that you're left with. <laughs> you guys, A.J. Brown not playing. This is what you're left with. That defense couldn't tackle me if I was out there. <laughs> the way they was playing. And, and James, James, they were just diving at people's ankles. They were just out there diving at ankles, giving them pats on the back as they ran into the end zone. <laughs> Um, it's just bad, man. And like I, I've been saying this, you take away the run game from this Eagles team, you put yourself in a ninety percent tile to win this game. They cannot beat you on Jalen Hurts' arm. It's not gonna work. Devontae Smith, great game for him. Eight catches, one hundred forty-eight yards. How do you not get him in the end zone? Right, right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's things like that that is just. I think the hype for Jalen Hurts after that last year's run to the Super Bowl, I'm not going to say it was unwarranted. It was just too soon. It was too soon for people to put him in the same conversations as the Lamar. I'm not even going to say the same. Y'all leap him over Lamar Jackson. And he was right up there with the Patrick Mahomes of the world in a lot of people's eyes. I don't see how. I don't see how. Yeah, he proved he proved a lot last year. He didn't prove enough, though. I still have some of the concerns that we talked about with him coming into the NFL, him throwing the ball. And this is what we the got. The proof is in the pudding. Right, right. When he's called upon to, okay, your arm is going to have to win us the game. He hasn't done that. I don't think it's a game where I can call on where he's – even the games where he has put up nice numbers, look at A.J. Brown's numbers and look at the catches that he made in that game. Right, right. So, when you think about this whole entire situation and everything, you know, it's been talks about Jason Kelsey, you know, you're talking retirement and things like that. Uh, I was looking at that game and uh, the brotherly uh, uh, the brotherly shove felt miserably. I mean, it looked bad. That's the first time I've seen it look that bad uh, because, you know, usually it looked like an ant pile moving, uh, you know, across the table. They was ready for it. They was definitely ready for it, man. So, what you think, man, if that center – because you know which really runs the offense, that center position. Say, for instance, he do re- he do retire. We don't know, but now where we at? I think that it all started up front with that Eagles team anyway. And you take out a guy like Jason Kelsey, I don't see how you just replace that. I don't see how you replace that. Now the rest of the line is, Hall of Famer. The rest of the line is great. Just don't get it wrong. The center, though, is the only person on the field who touches the ball every single play. He, he was one of the only people I ever seen veto what Jalen Hurts called. 
I seen it with he, my own he eyes. He has that much respect. Yeah, he, he, yeah. And it's proven he knows what he's talking about. Exactly, he do. Great player, man. But how you see this? How you see this Eagles team panning out next year, man? I mean, they got some things that they're gonna have to work on. And you just made a a, a real good uh defense on the reason why it didn't work this go around. We also talked in a previous podcast about their brotherly shove. At first, you know, it was a situation they was talking about banning it, taking that. Listen, that's first, weak. They, that's weak. But, but listen, though, it don't even matter. You know why? Because teams have found out a way to, to defeat it, just get lower. And that's ain't that the first thing you learn in football? Low yeah. man wins. Right. Exactly. That's the only thing that that's really the only thing the tush push is. Mm-hmm. Get low and, and somebody give me an extra. But they've been doing this type of thing. It just never been. As emphasized as it was, yeah, and they, they get in the fourth and goal on the goal line, they hand it off to the running back. Everybody's pressing the running back too. It's the same concept. We just taking a step out, right? And they pretty much perfected it too. So tell me, what 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 you think uh, these Eagles are, are capable of, man, going into next season? Um, first first and foremost, they got to find some people who want to tackle on that defense. Uh, the names is all good. Um, hopefully, big play slay is okay. Hopefully that injury isn't something that lingers or keeps him out for the full next year. Uh, James Bradbury has to go. <laughs> I don't even know why people are still giving this man chances. He in the same category as Eli Apple for me. Mm, okay. Uh, but um, that and then I think it's just going to be a way to get consistent outcomes from from every part of the game. As far as the run game can't give you 34 yards in the playoff game. Right. Things like that. Because you can't depend, like I said, you can't depend on Jalen Hurts to go out there and just win you the game, especially if a player as with the caliber of A.J. Brown is missing. Right. So, uh, uh, give me, what's one thing you feel uh, that uh, Jalen Hurts uh, may really need to work work on in the offseason that's going to take and improve uh, his chances of uh, in the team of getting back to where they, where they were this time and next time perhaps winning the game what, what what do you think he need to work the on? The intermediate stuff, the 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 fifteen to twenty yard passes, because um, he's a lot of he does a lot of the long balls are short balls. I need to see the in betweens, um, the things like that, the touch on your passes, things like that, um, and and that's really it. Because like I'm saying, he he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's not making bad decisions a lot. Like, he doesn't have those problems. It's just, I think he's more of a, I'm going to say one trick, but he's that, his game is kind of simple. It's kind of simple to figure it out. Uh, Need to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, you need to be able to do more. And that's the thing. I think opening, getting, being able to throw that pass will open a lot more for him. It'll open up a lot more for him in that offense. Because now you're talking about all three levels. Right now you got level one and level three. But you need to get somewhere up in level two because level two is when you got that uh you got that coverage, those underneaths. You got all of those zones and underneath type situations. That's the level he needs to take and that put his eyes on. Here, that thing where the big plays aren't open. Now you got somebody sitting you know I'm sitting in the zone somewhere. And those, keep those drives going. Those are the windows that I want to see him get the ball into a lot more next season. Absolutely. Checks up. Next up, you know we're going to talk about the divisional round in the NFL, baby. Those winning combinations and what to look for. Don't go nowhere. Be right back.
We back. Listen, D, my man, you know we're going to have to talk about this divisional round in the NFL, baby. Them winning combos. What we need to put our eyes on. Hey, let's start right here in the NFC, baby. Now, listen, you take, you got them Packers. And then you got them 49ers. 49ers, they had a first round by much deserving. They well rested, but ain't played football in a while. Packers, red smoking hot. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Ain't going to take nothing from them boys. But I need you to chop this game up. What we need to look for. Uh, going to be a tough game. Y'all, I don't want y'all to think y'all going to come out like y'all did against the Cowboys. Why not? They not going to allow that. They not going to allow y'all to get up 27-7 to on them. If y'all do, it'd be another perfect game from Joy and Love and y'all defense. 158.3. That's the type of game he's going to have to have. Last game he had a 157. Well, yeah, that's because he got put in at the end of the game. Well. For he, no reason at all. need that 158. Let's get, need, let's get it. He's going to need it. All right, <laughs> no, it's going to be the same, same formula. Keep, yeah. it, keep that offense off of the field. Uh, run the ball well. Run the ball well. Um, third, pick up those third downs. Things like that. Win time of possession, and hopefully y'all can force these force some turnovers like y'all did against the Cowboys. Um, we know what the 49ers offense is capable of. I think it's gonna start with containing Christian McCaffrey, which is a big task to ask of any defense. Um, and then just protect, really protecting the ball and protecting y'all's quarterback like y'all did last game. So tell me, what what can the 49ers absolutely not do? Okay, or it's just is they guaranteed to lose it. What 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 they have to avoid completely pretty much or minimize. I mean, how, what what do they got to do? Turn over the ball. Mm-hmm. They just can't turn over the ball and I think they're in a great position to do the, to uh win this game. We are we just know the the weapon that they have on both sides of that ball. Um, with Bosa, with now Young, with the best linebacker in the game, who we've been talking about, Fred Warner. Um, we know what that defense is able to do, and we also know how stacked that offense is. Uh, Brock Purdy is the is the question mark. How well can he process things, and how well can he take care of the ball? We know everybody else what they're going to do as long as he gets the ball to them. Right, because Brock Purdy has always been the X factor. We know that. And he does great. And we've talked about this before, playing with a lead. But when you have to throw the ball, you have to put it in certain directions, put it in certain locations, and make certain plays, I guess that's the big question mark that's that's circled on the paper. Yeah, and that's what I say. Just turning over the ball can't really happen. Um, Y'all got to – they have to get a run game established too. You don't want – Brock Purdy throwing the ball 35, 40 times. That's, that just shows you, y'all did something wrong. Um, and because especially with seeing what y'all guys did last week as far as taking advantage of turnovers, they don't want to give you guys any extra chances with the way Jordan Love's playing and with the ability to, with Aaron Jones, who's shown late in the season, he can take over games. Uh, y'all, they can't afford, they can't afford that. They can't afford to lose time for possession. And that's the way that you do it. Right. Okay, go ahead and give me a score on that Packers 49ers game. Who you got winning? What's the score on that thing? Um, I got 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go 27-20. 
Okay. Let me talk about this for one second and everything because this is near and dear to my heart. Um, Listen, I do feel that uh, the Green Bay Packers is capable of winning this game. Because nobody, nobody except Packers fans, Green Bay Packers fans, had them, you know, winning against the Dallas oh, Cowboys. Yeah, of course, you you as well. I'll give you that. Um, the, the thing about it is, I, the reason why I feel that the Packers can do it uh, one more again is because of the way uh, Joy Love is distributing the ball. Okay? And... When you can distribute the ball and that effective, okay, and then you have a running back that's opening it up for you, it's able to free things up, okay, and then it gives you more options. And when you're connecting, they're grabbing them out of the air, you're able to manipulate the pocket and throw strikes. I feel that they can really uh, make this thing happen. It's going to be a close game, I feel. I don't feel it's going to be a blowout in no, in no way at all. But I still feel that the Packers can win this game, man, uh, 23-21. Just got to put it out there, okay? I have to put it out there. Next, you got them Bucks and them Lions, baby. Talk to them how you feel. Because when you think about it, Baker Mayfield has been playing out of control. The last game that Baker Mayfield played, he threw for 337 yards with for three touchdowns, 22 for 36. Okay? That's what we got. He had 158.3 at Lambeau Field. And, you know, he's taking – he done had happy feet every now and then. But, listen, he ain't made the cardinal mistake. He ain't lost the game for him yet. All right? Now, when you see what they did last week, and then you got those Lions barely uh, barely skating by. How you got this Bucks Lions game going? Uh, this is another toss up game for me. Like I can see it going either way. Um, just I think the thing that gives the Lions the edge for me is just what they could do as far as not just throwing the ball, also getting them running backs involved as well with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Um, now the thing is this Bucks defense has been playing great. They've been playing a great brand of football, especially up front, physicality. Like, they've been smacking people upside the heads, letting them know that they're not playing around. The, the, um, who's that linebacker? Levante Davis is flying around again. Uh, they look like they're primed to make a run at this thing. I just think the Lions have a little bit more right now, and Jared Goff is playing – like you said, he's not losing the game for these guys. The same thing like Baker Mayfield. He's not – Baker's lighting it up, yes. He's lighting it up. Jared's doing it in a different kind of way. Uh, the numbers do look good, but he's also just limiting the opportunities the other team has by not turning over the ball, um, extending drives, putting mm. together long drives. Right. So um, I just, that's just where I'm at with it. Um, I think it's going to be a great game, though, but I think the Lions just edged this one out a little bit. Um, I'm going to go 2017. Okay, cool. Listen, let's go ahead and check out that AFC, baby. You okay? We got a couple more games to chop up. Now, you got the Texans with C.J. Stroud, and then you got Lamar Jackson and then Baltimore Ravens, baby. Ravens, first round by, again, uh, much anticipated. They, they deserve to have that as well, okay? Got them a little bit of rest, healing up a couple of things, a couple of extra ice ice baths, you know, uh, warming it up. Now, when you think about it, C.J. Stroud, man, I just can't talk about the man enough, but listen, I'm telling you, he looks very good. Uh, uh, now, this is going to be a tall task, probably the tallest task he done probably had ever had to come against in, in his very uh, 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 short career because he ain't been out there that long, okay? Let's call it what it is. Uh, do you think the Texans have a chance at all? 
Um, with a guy like CJ Stroud, I think they always have a chance. Uh, like you said, though, it's going to be a big obstacle to overcome. Not not just this defense, but trying to match the play of Lamar Jackson in this offense. We've seen them guys have been locked in. Um, other than that last week game against the Steelers where most of the starters didn't play, they've been locked in. I want to say these last five games has been, yeah, they – 30, the closest game was that overtime game against the Rams, which was 37-31. to 31. Other than that, it was been 23-7, 33-19, 56-19. And two of those games with the Dolphins in San Francisco. They're just clicking right now. And like I said, they look like the best team in the NFL just from watching them play football. Um, and that's just – it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. And I just think that Lamar and the Ravens are going to make a couple more plays than, they, than the Texans will be able to. I understand that. One thing that I always have took it's been in the back of my mind and everything is uh, you get this first round by and, and you get that little extra rest period, play one less game. Uh, but when you come out and you haven't played, you know, uh, meaningful football in a while, uh, some teams tend to press a little bit more because they're trying to find that rhythm. Uh, they're trying to take and get things firmly established as quick as they possibly can. Um, since we talked about both teams to head the first round by with the 49ers for the NFC and the Baltimore Ravens for the AFC, do you think this may uh, be an issue for them or do you think it's going to be a situation where it's like they hadn't skipped a beat? They just had a bye week, so to speak. Um, I think they'll be fine just because of the leader that Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. is, and I think he's more locked in than he's ever been. I don't think he's going to let these guys come in and slack off art and not be prepared for this. And then we got to think Harbaugh's been there as as far as playoffs, getting getting what he needs out of his team at the right moments. Um, like I said, and we talked you the way you talked about Mike Mike Tomlin. Um, the way I feel about D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year for me, um, great job out there turning this franchise around, putting guys in position to win games. Mm-hmm. Nobody looked at this roster and thought that they'd be doing what they're doing, which is I still give them a fighting chance in this game. It is strictly because of the guys that they have calling the shots and D'Amico Ryan's and then the guy on the field and C.J. Stroud. I got you. So talk to me. Who you got winning this game and what score? If I got to pick, I am going to go with the Ravens. Okay. Just because of, you know, I've yelled their name all season. Um, I still got them going to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with the Ravens here. I think it will be a good game. I'm going to go 31-26. Okay. That will be a good game. Now, we touched on it early and everything, but we're going to fill in the blanks just a little bit more. You got the Chiefs and the Bills, okay? Now, we do know, done said it before, Chiefs right now are the defending Super Bowl champions. Then we got Josh Allen, got to figure out who's going to be on the field that day and which Josh Allen is going to show up and everything. I think this is going to be a great game. I really, really do. Uh, but it's a lot of uh, moving parts in this. Seems like the offense is starting to get a little bit more acquainted with one another. They're starting to catch more passes uh, than they're dropping. Uh, and then you have uh, the Bills. We know who they are. Probably probably one of the most, if not the most dangerous team at this point in the NFL season, period. Yeah. Okay? So how you chop it up? Chiefs-Bills. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, another good game, I think. Uh, right now, I'm leaning towards Buffalo just because of the problems Kansas City has had offensively and in the way Josh Allen has kind of put it together. Um, as far as long as he keeps them intrusive thoughts 
in line uh the the oh I can do this you know I, the don't try to expose that Superman cape too soon you know mm-hmm. uh just be Clark Kent for a little while and just do your job had the glasses on baby yeah just do your job at the uh the newspaper office <laughs> just, just do your job write a couple of articles just do your job <laughs> we, we don't need you to be a vigilante right now we just need you to do your job mm-hmm. so and I think that if he does that I think they're in a good position to win this thing just looking at the struggles that Kansas City has had, um, Bills is a more formidable off. I mean, defense than what the Dolphins are bringing to the table, especially losing some of their pieces. Uh, Bradley Chubb, they lost Jalen Phillips. I want to say his name. So they lost a lot, especially up front as far as their pass rushes. Um, so I think uh, I think Von Miller will be out there. I think he's healthy and playing. So it'll be a different look. And they won't have that cold advantage. The Bills is they they just they used to the cold. They just yeah. as used to it as y'all. Exactly. Exactly. So I think they'll be used to it. Um, it's gonna be a good game though. But I'm leaning towards the Bills. I'm gonna go 33, 35-33. All right. So you you feel that this right here is the game? This is where the Kansas City's they the Chiefs they they run stops right here. This is it. I think this is the the bump in the road. Okay, all right. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Listen, before we go, let's chop this up real quick. You know we got that that coaching chess match just going on in the NFL and in college football. All right, but let's start right here for a second. You know, Bill Belichick. He he he. You know, he taking interviews. He talked with the you know Atlanta or whatever. Uh, do you, do you think that that's a good fit? Um, not really. Mm. Uh, just too much to work on down there for Bill right now. I think he needs. I think that's the same situation as in New England. I think he needs to go where it's a little bit more established. That's why I was thinking Los Angeles, Dallas, uh, pretty much that's it. Yeah, I got you. Now, when you think about it and everything, take your pants, your boy, okay? I know he talked talk with the Chargers. I think he may have talked with Atlanta, too. Yeah. Okay, what what you think about that? More better fit? Harbor? For Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Yes. For mm-hmm. Atlanta, yeah, because he's, he's in a position, too, where he got a guy coming out into the draft next year. Who needs a guy? Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It kind of goes hands, and I think that's kind of if he's not going to a place with a Justin Herbert, or going to a place with Washington where he can get one of those top two quarterbacks, I think the best place is like in Atlanta, who has some first round picks in that middle round where JJ McCarthy is expected to be landed. I think that's better for him. Right, I got you. Now you know probably one of the teams that need the the quarterback. I mean, not the quarterback, but needs the head coach the most is the team uh, with the losing record, worst record in the NFL, and that's the Carolina Panthers. Man, how close is we getting? Um, we waiting on some of these playoff coordinators to get done with what they got going on. Um, I think now we're leaning heavy towards. Ben Johnson from Detroit. It's just depending on where he wants to go. And then I think we're also looking at the Texans offensive coordinator Slowick. I got you. Now listen, this is this is one uh so just recently just happened pretty much. Uh Jay Mayo, you know, just got introduced as the uh the new head coach for the uh, you know, New England Patriots. Uh, uh what's your viewpoint on that on that hire, man? Because it it happened kind of quick. Uh it was in house. Um, and I just want to know, kind of, what's your thoughts? That's one of those things that they was already working on that behind closed doors. As even the Bill Belichick leaving, I think that's everything has been discussed before we got our hands on it. 
But great hire, legacy hire. He's a guy who won championships with you guys. And I think his attitude towards it is what you need in a guy who's going to come in to try to replace Bill. His first thing he said was, I'm not Bill. Not trying to be Bill. Not ever going to be Bill. I'm going to be Jared Mayer. And I think that's something, a great starting point for you. Um, the team is not in a great shape right now. It's not, you know, you know what you're walking into. Um, and I just think he's going to be ready for the job. Now, I know how coaching works. You still got to get the performance from the players on the field. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see. First black coach for New England Patriots. Big thing, big deal. Um, I wish them all the success. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's be interesting to see where they go. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, listen, uh, do, do you feel at all Nick Saban coaching in the NFL? Do you feel that at all? Do, do you think it's, uh, it's said and done and it's over with Like yeah, as far he, as his coaching, period? I think he's fine. And that's the why, why I risk the, the bad taints on you. You know, tainting your name or your legacy at the end of it. At the very end of it, trying to go to the NFL, which is a totally different ball game. I think he's fine with being the greatest college coach of all time. Which he is. He is. Okay, listen. Well, you know Alabama got a new coach. Talk to me. Um, they hired the Washington coach. I don't I'm not even sure how to pronounce his name and I don't wanna don't wanna just slander it. Uh but the Washington coach, uh DeBar, DeBar is now in uh Alabama. Big shoes to fill. Um, don't really know much about him other than this last season of what he did at Washington. Um, great year, got them to the uh, college football playoffs, got them to the championship game. Um, had a guy fighting for the Heisman. It's just gonna be hard to replace a Nick Saban. Um, he's already losing guys uh, to transfer portals and decommits. I think the twenty twenty five class is down to two people. This year he's still. So far, the recruiting class of 2024 is still ranked third. He's kept his five-star quarterback, uh, but he's lost two five-star receivers. So it's just it's that kind of thing that he's going to have to balance. And you're going to be dealing with that until you prove that Alabama is not going to take a step back. Um, and that's especially with teams like Georgia coming up, Florida State being so heavy in the transfer portal, uh, a hot spot like Colorado with Deion Sanders. It's going to be hard for you to convince these guys who came to play for Nick Saban to stay here. Right, right. Uh, with, with with so much just kind of like going on and so so many kind of um, boards that have to be filled when it comes to head coaching jobs on either side, is it anything at all that you feel is going to kind of maybe be a surprise hire and we may see a team turn around with a new head coach next season? Um, The Arizona team lost their coach. So it was that, that carousel of, of things going. Washington – Lost their coach to Alabama. They went and scooped up Fish from Arizona, who had that team rolling, too, at the end of the year. And a lot of guys have came out. And he was – the press conference was kind of spotty. He said some things that Arizona people didn't kind of like. Uh, he basically said Arizona's not a place you can win. That's why he came to Washington, which, I mean, he has a point. <laughs> but – as a guy who you was the head coach of that team. That what are you not, saying about yourself? That's not something you, you need to be saying. But um, it's just going to be interesting because he's had so that That's the thing I said, though. These guys are not committing to the school. They're not committing to Michigan because they want to play for Michigan. They're committing to a guy. They're committing to that coach. They're committing to an offensive coordinator, linebackers coach. 
anything. They made a connection with a guy, and that's who they're committing to. So that's the same thing I said about the Jim Harbaugh decision. He needs the time to make one so these kids know what they're doing. Nick Saban, you, you did it at the end of the year when a lot of people was already enrolled at Alabama. You know, they be coming in the spring. You, you kind of messed up there. You know, it's just those things of that's the part I think people, a lot of people don't think about, and it's hard for me not to. Yeah, I can understand that. All right. Well, listen, uh, you know, we're going to keep our eyes on it, and then when we get our eyes on it, what do we do? We, we report on it. We're going to That's right. Another report on it. Antonio Pierce. AP. Yeah, yeah. We can't forget about that. Got to give him a shout out, and that's just. That's just Great job by um, the Raiders organization doing right by him and doing right by your players. That's true. Because, listen, when you got your number one player on offense with Devontae Adams saying, that's who we want. When you got your number one player on defense, Max Crosby saying, that's who we want. I, I mean, Max said he, he going to demand a trade if y'all don't. Right. So, listen, uh, I'm glad that they didn't make a, a stupid mess out of that one. Hey, everybody. We would like to thank everyone for listening today. Please join us again on our next episode of the Donald and Donald Podcast. Yes, sir. Don't miss it. Please remember to drink your water and don't forget to stretch. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about your wind. Just know that it's coming. We're going to see y'all next episode. Double. Deep.